Hello everyone, welcome one and all to Shockcast Episode 3. I'm your host Luke and Talley. We're brought to you by Dual Shockers. And today we've got with us uh, the classics. Who are you guys? Chris, we're going to go first with you. What are you doing here? Third podcast in a row. No one can hell? stop me. I will be here forever. No, you got <laughs> to do something on the site before you can be on the podcast. Also with us today is the mighty Ryan Meitzler. Back again. I, I've only got a 66% uh, you know, attendance rate so far on the podcast. So, Although, are we counting the episode zero? Does that count or no? That, that's no, no one canon. knows about episode zero. Episode zero is a complete secret. Oh, uh, okay. We're going we're gonna to show we're, it off. That's like, that's, like the, that's like the ground zeros of the podcast. Right. So. When we get super successful eventually, uh, that is when we're going to show off what <laughs> that was. But uh, <laughs> yes, there was an episode zero. We do not talk about episode zero. Um, all right. So last week you weren't here. Uh, we said there was a reason behind that. I think we said you were fired. We said you were mauled by a bear. Um, what's the real reason you weren't here last week? Ryan. Are you talking? Can I not hear you? I can't hear Ryan. Oh, no, everything's falling apart. No, no, everything's fine. We just can't hear Ryan. No one wanted to listen to him anyway. This is, of course, the second uh, episode. There we go. Sorry, my connection's uh, kind of slowing down a little bit, so sorry about that. Okay, so where were you last week? We said you were mauled by a bear. Oh, uh, no, I was. Uh, I had a work uh, uh, thing I had to go to, so unfortunately I was out for last week. Dual shockers work or other? Uh, no, work, work, real life work. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, of course, we, we do dual shockers. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us do dual shockers as something else uh, alongside our normal workday stuff. I'm a, a law student currently, though, graduating in a week. Uh, Chris, no one really cares what you do. You're not even yeah. supposed to be here. I mean, I've taken over Ryan's spot on the layout in case right. the chat has noticed. Oh so my god. Yes, you I, have. I have become sentient and I will not be stopped. <laughs> Alright, well, we, we will fix that in the future. Maybe before the end of the podcast. But yes, that is something wrong. Alright, so today, of course, the topic of discussion, we're going to get to it later, is going to be PAX East because Ryan was at PAX, he couldn't be here last week. And uh, we're also going to be talking about leaks. There was a very big leak, and we're going to get to it. Trust me. But um, we're going to start off by saying that we have Black Desert uh, codes to give away. Of course, uh, if you're listening to this on MP3 or podcast services or wherever you're listening to it, you're doing it wrong. The right way to come on here is at twitch.tv slash DualShockersLive at 8.30 every Wednesday. We do giveaways. We've done a giveaway every week, so hopefully this is just a permanent feature. We will always have something to give out. But today we got Black Desert, um, which is a PC game that I've never played, but everyone on our team loves it. Uh, we have seven-day uh, trial codes, I believe. So if you want one, let us know in the chat. Whisper at one of us, so that's going to be uh, Dual Shockers Live. And what, what are your guys' Twitch names? Uh, it's just my name. All right. And mine is Mr. Moxie Mons. We made it simple for you guys. Right. Yeah. Later on, we're giving out a we're giving out multiple copies of Corpse Party, and we're going to talk Corpse Party. A review went live. Uh, super creepy game, and we're going to talk about it. But that's not right now. Uh, if you want Black Desert at any point, we we literally have hundreds of codes. So let us know or email us um, at lewis at dualshockers dot com, and we'll give it to you. All right, so 
now that that's out of the way and there's an airplane in the background, let's talk news. Uh, news, first of all, today is May 4th. May the 4th be with you. There it is. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Someone's got to say it eventually. All right, so I've never seen Star Wars. Well, I'm getting, uh, that, I'm getting pod- that out. Over. Podcast over. We're done. All right. We're fired already. Um, <laughs> well, Giuseppe's not here, so, you know. All right. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna just uh, put this in the chat right now. I'm doing this for Giuseppe. Okay. So, yeah, I've never oh, seen Star Wars. Yeah. I, I know I need to have my nerd code, uh, nerd, my geek card rescinded. Um, but really all I do is video games. So uh, tell me about this uh, Star Wars. Why, why is this, this a big day? Uh, it's a, uh, in case you don't know, it is a very popular film series. Uh, there just happened to be a new movie that came out a couple months ago. And, mm. uh, May the 4th Be With You is a celebration of all things wonderful from a galaxy far, far away. Okay. Is there a video game that I could latch on to, seeing how I only latch on to video game things? <laughs> um, there are many, in fact. Um, should we start with the, the big news of the we day that, that actually my, just happened today? That, that, that was, that was deleted. Okay. I was just making sure. <laughs> So, uh, so big news today coming out of uh, EA, which is they announced uh, they're working with Respawn Entertainment, which are the developers of Titanfall, and uh, they're going to be working on a new uh, third-person Star Wars game, as far as I know. So I'm assuming action-adventure, something along those lines, I think is, is what I heard. But I know definitely third-person. Right. Yeah, I heard um, third-person adventure, at least, yeah. so far. Um, all right, so... We, we know very little about it. It's Respawn, so we know that the people behind Titanfall, we know uh, Stig Asmussen, I, I think that's how you say his name, very difficult name. I believe so, yeah. Uh, he was the uh, one of the lead directors, if not the main director, behind, uh, I put GOW3, I'm going with God of War 3, because Gears doesn't make <laughs> sense, uh, and so he worked at Sony Santa Monica. Um and yeah, he's going to be the lead on this. He since left after that canceled project that we still don't really know about. Uh, you guys excited? Um, I, I think it's pretty. I think the most exciting thing is the prospect that Respawn's working on it, which is interesting. That um, you know, especially coming from their background behind Titanfall, we could see something cool come out of it. Uh, right. I'm I'm personally putting my hope behind a new Rogue Squadron game because I had wanted that for years. So that's what I'm hoping. Um, but yeah, I think I, I just I'm not sure the whole third person thing because we also know that um, Visceral Games is still working on that project with Amy Hennig um, that they had that uh, yeah had announced before, but they haven't really um, given too right. much more detail. So that's kind of what I thought was like, well, I don't know because they're already working on something that sounds kind of similar to this. But hopefully, I'm assuming they're probably going to do something in a different direction. But we'll we'll have to wait and see where that kind of goes. I'm gonna call it now. This is going to be a third-person adventure game where you play as nothing but a chicken walker, and you are uh, it's, a, it's the newest 3D platformer. <laughs> All right, uh, you it, you wouldn't be hoping for an for an Ewok game? No. <laughs> so let's just shut that. No. So, um, yeah, my mind not knowing too much about the franchise, knowing space, knowing uh, that they're talking third-person adventure. Is there any chance that this is going to infringe into Mass Effect territory? Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's again, it's all very vague right now. So, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like with their background in Titanfall, like they they had to pick that for a specific reason. So maybe they are focusing on something that might be a little bit more vehicular based, or right. you know, along those lines. Um, you know, because we kind of saw a little bit of that with um, 
with Battlefront, the most recent uh, game, where there were so, there are some, you know, like you can use some vehicles and all that. But I don't know. Like I guess it'll be interesting to see because I feel like the Visceral Games, you know, title will probably be a little bit more something like you know people have said like Uncharted in space. So it'll be something that's a little bit more of like an action adventure. So you know maybe this might take it a different direction. But right. I, at least I hope so. Yeah, I would imagine they have to depart somewhere, and I, I think Mass Effect, you know, where's its influences? Anything uh, in space is going to be Star Wars influenced, of course. Oh, for but sure. Mass yeah. Effect definitely lays its influences pretty bare, uh, and yeah. they're going to have to find a way to make this different. Yeah. Um, all right. So, next on the list, Dishonored 2. That's coming in November, right? Yeah, it is. It's, I'm sorry. I'm really excited. I like Dishonored a lot. Yeah, I know um, you're the Dishonored so guy. Let me I, I do me like Dishonored, it. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dishonored 2, uh, Bethesda announced uh, it'll officially be re- uh, releasing uh, November 11th this year for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be uh, showing more of it at E3 this year. So, I'm assuming... Uh, so, we first saw it last year at E3 2015 was they had that, like, uh, first initial, like, teaser trailer... So I'm, uh, I don't know if they said specifically what they're showing, but I'm hoping gameplay. I mean, they feel like they kind of have to with the game coming out so right. soon. Yeah. Um, and then they also gave, um, uh, Game Informer had revealed, uh, they have the game like on their cover for, I believe, next month. Uh, they revealed some of the voice casts, and it has a pretty stacked uh, voice cast. So basically they announced um, the uh, lead characters will be played by, uh, let me double check the names really quick. Steve, okay. I think it's Steven Russell and uh, Erica Littrell are going to be playing uh, Corvo and uh, Emily Caldwin, who are the two lead characters. Right. Um, so Steven was known as, uh, he played the main character, the original Thief, uh, which is interesting because uh, he didn't play the lead character in the rebooted Thief from a couple years ago, and he's doing it for Dishonored, which is basically more or less a new, like, sort of modern Thief game. So it's interesting that he's doing it here, but not for the rebooted one. Um, and then Erica Littrell also did voices for Fallout 4. Um, right. But anyway, to quickly go down the list of the new, new uh, cast members joining, there's uh, Vincent D'Onofrio from Marvel's Daredevil, mm-hmm. uh, Rosario Dawson, who was also in Daredevil, uh, Pedro Pascal from uh, Game of Thrones and Narcos, uh, you've got Sam Rockwell from Moon, uh, Jamie Hector, who's from The Wire, and then uh, Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham. Uh, uh, so it's a pretty stacked cast. There's a lot of. I'm really excited, especially about um, Pedro Pascal and Vincent D'Onofrio. I think they're great, and Rosario Dawson too. So it's it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it even more now. Now, is this really their first video game? These actors. I mean, they don't sound. They sound, of um, course, very geek heavy. A lot of the stuff, but like, I, I, I wouldn't know off the top of my head. Uh, um, I that's something I'd have to I'd probably have to check out, but right. Um, but it's definitely a very very talented and uh, you know because even the first Dishonored, I know they had uh, Lee Mahidi from Game of Thrones was also in that. Uh, I think there were one or two other pretty well known actors that were also in the first game, so they're they're not um, you know. But it's definitely uh, cool that they're getting some really like big name talents to be part of the game. Right now, Alan in the chat has been giving us shit saying we don't interact. That's not true. We're interacting. You guys just aren't talking to us. So, uh, yeah, if you have any questions about these stories, of course, we have a question section later on. But uh, let us know. We will talk back to you. Uh, That's the whole reason we're on Twitch and not just uh, doing only a podcast. Um, All right. Next news story. Uh, This one's Ratchet & Clank. Have you guys played Ratchet & Clank yet? Unfortunately not. I need to get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a huge Ratchet & Clank fan, but... I haven't been able to pick this one up just yet. Right. 
Um, I've played just small bits of it. I'm, of course, reviewing like a million games right now. But um, that is on my to-do list. I've been watching my roommates who aren't even video game you know, video gamers to begin with, play it because they have fond memories of it, uh, and they all seem to love it. The reason we're bringing it up is, of course, because Ratchet & Clank is now the fastest-selling game in the franchise's history. This comes according to Insomniac Games, the developers, via their Twitter, uh, and for those who don't know, Ratchet & Clank has 14 titles in the franchise. It's been dating back for 14 years, so since 2002. Great news, mm-hmm. I think at least. And you know what, I, I, I can understand this because I remember the few days after it came out, it was impossible to find. Like, I went to GameStop, I went to Walmart, I went two towns over. Like, I hit every GameStop in the area in New, New York, New Jersey. <laughs> That's actually quite a lot. That might be like six or seven. So, yeah, uh, you couldn't find it anywhere. It was crazy. Yeah, it is weird. I do feel like they're not, especially with, um, I, I don't know if maybe they're just not promoting as much because they have the movie out, which is basically kind of the, the promotion. So, but it is weird that like, you know, especially because the game's been getting from most outlets I've been reading about it, it's getting really good reviews um, and yeah. saying it's great. So it is kind of weird that, although I don't know, I'm, I mean, with the game also being available digitally that I'm sure you could get it easily, but getting a physical copy seems like it's been pretty hard to find. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that we go and see more. I think we're definitely going to see more, even though the movie's kind of flopping, uh, and we won't talk about that too much, not video game related, kind of video game related, but, um, the movie's flopping, but the game is really going off the charts. I, I think Insomniac is going to have more of a history continuously doing this game. Um, all right, next on the list. Yeah. We have Microsoft, and they are going to be at E3. They're not one of the many companies dropping E3 this year. Uh, who among us is the big Microsoft fan that can talk about this? Anyone? It's not me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'll do it. Uh, so the press conference, uh, Clear Schedules, is going to be June 13 at 9.30 a.m. I'm guessing that's their time, our time, 12.30 p.m., uh, and the yeah. Microsoft Fan Fest is coming back, uh, so if you're mm-hmm. in the area, look forward to that. I hear that that's a ton of fun. Yeah, that's pretty. Microsoft for the last several years has always been first, and that's like their slot. So this is pretty much the same as it's been in the last few years. Uh, the Fan Fest, I think, uh, they just started last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of it's kind of their own like little offsite thing cool. where uh, Xbox fans can come, and you know, even if you're not attending E3, you can come and check out the games and and do all that. Right. Yeah. I've heard good things. I heard that that's kind of like their road to greatness, of course, all focused in at E3. Uh, And I was going to talk about it later, but I I think now's a good time. Uh, Sony's also bringing back their road uh, to greatness tour, which is their big Mm -hmm. 16-wheeler that they kind of just pack with people and stuff and PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR this year. Uh, they're only showing off Ratchet and Clank, Uncharted, MLB The Show 16, and a fourth title that's slipping my mind, but also PlayStation VR. So right now the list isn't complete. There's only like 10 locations officially announced, but if you go and look it up on Google, we don't have it right here. I think they're adding new stuff every week as soon as they're getting confirmations from the locations. But if you want to play PlayStation VR before it's officially announced, that's probably your best shot at doing it. Um... All right, we're breezing through this news. Uh, Mighty number nine. Holy crap, we got an official 
launch date for that. Um, yeah, that I. All right, so Mighty Number no. Nine. Uh, who, who makes that? Inafune. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the kickstarted Inafune game, Mighty Number no. Nine, has officially gone gold. Uh, dated for June twenty first, June twenty fourth worldwide. So I think that's more Europe, Australia, but in North America and Asia at the moment, it's June twenty first. Uh, meanwhile, uh, it's been three years since Mighty Number no. Nine finished its successful Kickstarter and has had a ton of delays, mostly because of multiplayer stuff. I think he's given a reason in the past. It was something about the code or something that. Uh, they're using for the game is no longer being used, I, I think. And there was like an issue that they had to get resolved. Something like that. Anyway, um, this isn't to say that Mighty Number no. 9 is officially 100% gold or announced because the Vita and 3DS versions uh, still have unknown release dates. So we're getting the game, just not everywhere all at once. Uh, what do you guys think? I'm excited. It's, com- it's coming out. That's the that's the good news. So. Yeah, it, it's not just <laughs> dropping off the face of the earth. Yeah, I uh, I, ca- I want to play it as someone who never played like the original Mega Man games, and you can't talk to me, Luke, because you've never watched Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as someone who's never played the original Mega Man games, like it's it's a, it's kind of exciting for me to kind of give it a shot. They've always they've always looked like a lot of fun. I've just never picked them up. I played yeah. Battle Network, but that'll probably make original Mega Man fans cry. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, uh, I really want to get my hands on it, you know? How about you, Ryan? You looking forward to Mighty Number no. 9? Uh, sort of. I um, I actually I played it at my first E3 two years ago. Um, so it is just crazy that, like, the fact that I played it two years ago and it still isn't out. Um, you know, I just think that, for me, Mighty Number no. 9, I feel like, has always, like, kind of fed into my hesitance toward Kickstarter games in particular. Yeah. Because, obviously, like, you know, Mighty Number no. 9 was kind of the at the forefront of that. And so, you know, but obviously now we've seen those kind of setbacks where it's like, well, they, you know, every time it's gotten close to release, they've delayed it a little further, delayed it a little bit more, delayed it a little bit more. Um, but I'm, I'm happy that at least the game's coming out now and that people that have been patiently waiting for this game will finally get to play it soon. Right. I'm going to go back into the comments. Yeah. And if you have a comment about this, let us know. But Taz8080, and if I'm right, this we're talking to DualShockers co-founder here, right? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know usernames. Is this Al? This you are correct, sir. All right. So this is Al. Dual Shockers co-founder says it was supposed to be May. He's toying with my emotions. It's like a unicorn. I will never have it. Mega Man Two is the truth. <laughs> um, I'm going to beat you all for not being more excited about Mighty Number no. Nine. Uh, so we can actually put the fired count up a bit. One more for everyone. Uh, two for two for. Well, Chris, all, all I have to say to Al is that I'm still waiting for Half-Life 3, so, you know, he, he can't really say anything, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited about Mighty Number no. 9. I grew up on Mega Man X. I know I'm a youngin', but uh, Mega Man X was my first Mega Man game, and I loved the hell out of that. And if this even has half of the great mechanics that game had then I'm all for it, no matter how much it's been delayed. I'm just happy to see it. The only issue I have is I don't want to play it on a PlayStation 4. That's not where I saw myself playing this. It always looked like a Vita game to me. I love my Vita. It's sitting behind me. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's sitting behind me uh, with a nice coat of dust while I'm waiting to review something on it. 
But that's where I was hoping to review. That's just why I'm slightly miffed about this news. Um, all right. So next on the list, we have, uh, and and we have to bring this up. I think Giuseppe will fire us all if we don't bring it up. But uh, there's news on Dead or Alive Extreme Three, which Dual Shockers covers extensively, and we always love positive news with it. Apparently, after the financial results. Uh, we found out that it has sold 190,000 copies, and that's only in Japan and the Asian market. So that's actually very, very good for them. So throwing that out there. Great. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Next on the list, we spoke about Doom earlier, and this is Doom-related. John Romero had a Kickstarter. We didn't talk about it last week, um, but... It's already gotten in the week twice, uh, gotten in the news twice, so we have to bring it up. Uh, the Kickstarter project was uh, called Blackroom. I don't know if that was the name of the game or if that was the code name, but uh, John Romero, of course, one of the co-founders of id Software, uh, one of the co-creators of Doom, very, very famous in the 90s. Um, and he had a Kickstarter for this new game. Uh, they raised slightly over $130,000, I think $131,000. I don't know how much they were looking for. But after five days, it ended up being suspended. And the reason behind that, at least what he said, was because he wants to come up with a gameplay trailer or some actual gameplay footage before, you know, launching a Kickstarter. My guess, of course, is he didn't think it would take off. Generally, when you start a Kickstarter, you know how it's going to go, I think, in the first few days, unless... You know, by God's grace, something happens. So that's um, that's what ended up happening. I guess Kickstarter made him their bitch. Were you guys excited at all? Do you like I, John Romero? I hadn't even looked into it, honestly. Like a lot of the only Kickstarter game I've really looked into, and I need more than anything in the world, is Ukulele. Right. Um. So apparently, Fright Guy says seven hundred thousand was the goal. That's actually not too off. For five days, I, I wouldn't have imagined that uh, that he would have pulled out. Maybe he was aiming for like high because I know a lot of these Kickstarters aim low and then hope that they make it up in you know three times the amount in stretch goals. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay, in the comments, Alan. Alana? Is it Alana or Alan Aru? Alright, so one of them thinks Ryan's cute. Aw, oh, thank you. Like... <laughs> uh, so, apparently you should start streaming on your own, Ryan, and we'll leave you two alone. <laughs> you guys can get your own Twitch stream. Um, anyway, uh, next on the list, we have footage of 1666 officially after many, many years. Uh, we've talked about it, I think we talked about it on the first podcast, but 1666 Amsterdam was a THQ gone Ubisoft cancelled project um, that uh, went dark after a lawsuit between the creator of, of Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft. There was creative differences and it ended up being completely suspended. They initially uh, announced it as... I believe, like, the next Assassin's Creed. That's what they thought it was going to be. Uh, and the footage. Have you guys seen the footage at all? I would show it, but that, that would really just suck for anyone who's not on video. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm not really too familiar with the game, unfortunately. But I think I, I did see a little bit of some of the images, and I was like, that. yeah, I could see how people think that might be an Assassin's Creed. So Right. Or at least, like, an early, like an early predecessor to it. So Yeah. Um, but 
what the footage was was 1666 Amsterdam. It was the I think the London Fire. I, I don't know the official name of the event, but um, it was basically you were an evil character who had I imagine magic, you know, black magic powers could control animals, and you saw him causing mischief, uh, mischievous conduct of sorts, uh, dropping crates on people. Uh, um, yeah. Other things. But uh, we still don't know if anything's going to happen. At the moment, the creator of Assassin's Creed is working on another game right now. So even though he just won back his property rights for it, and that was in the news, uh, we don't know for certain whether we're going to see this anytime in the future. Um, so next on the list was Road to Greatness. We ended up talking about that. And the last part of our news this week, uh, and we're going to get to other news when we get to the topic, when... You know, leaks and stuff but the last one is Yves Gilmont and Ubisoft with uh, Vivendi earlier this week it was reported that Yves Gilmont one of the Gilmont brothers who created Ubisoft is still worried that there's going to be a hostile takeover from Vivendi of course Vivendi has said that they have no intention of taking games uh, taking over Ubisoft but they did so when buying another 5% interest in the company uh, for those who don't know, Vivendi is a media holding company, kind of think. Uh, French's Fox News, maybe. Or, not Fox News. French's Fox. Um, and You mean they, they're Viacom? Yeah, maybe they're Viacom. That might be closer. Um, but they were the, the, uh, the company, the parent company that owned Activision and Blizzard for some time. And that was the period of years where we may remember... A consistent focus on Guitar Hero and Call of Duty, um, and those were really the only games they were pumping out. Or World of Warcraft expansions. Uh, creatively, they may have been the people to kill Crash Bandicoot. So the, um, of course, Yves Gilmont is very upset about this. He says that he's basically holding his creative directors hostage. Uh, if uh, because if Vivendi ends up buying them, then these creators are absolutely going to leave. And that is hopefully going to stay uh, their takeover attempts. So, question for you guys. Do you care about Ubisoft? Do you think that they are... <laughs> a loaded question. Do you care about <laughs> Ubisoft enough? Like, Do you think that they have enough of a say in the industry, in artistic direction, that they should feel they need to be protected i i think every company has a right to to feel like some kind of protection but even though they had that nice section where they're like oh we're only showing what they were only doing guitar hero now they're only doing assassin's creed so it's like they they kind of they kind of flip flop and uh as al has been uh, pointing out in our chat. Uh, <laughs> they need to fix the division first, right? And then I'll start. I'll start caring more for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and there's definitely something to be said that they do a lot of the same games, though there may be more of a departure from that. Um, we've seen the division, which uh, they need to fix, obviously, but is a departure. They're not doing Assassin's Creed this year. Um, they've went and produced a bunch of smaller titles that probably wouldn't have been produced under other leadership like Grow Home or Child of Light 
or uh, did they were they the ones who made Valiant Hearts? I believe so. Yeah, they they did too. Yeah, yeah that was them. Right. So th- there is truth. If I had to think of one studio, one like huge video game studio, and we only got a few of those. You know, we got your Activisions, your EAs, your Ubisofts, and that's really your um, your studios that aren't main publishers uh, that mm-hmm. also make the systems. I would always have pegged them as the more creative one. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan, but apparently we uh, we have a lot of people in the comments who do not like Ubisoft, including uh, including Al, especially Our, yeah. Al, especially Al. <laughs> I blame the division for that though. They they're not really doing too well. Um, all right, so next on the list we've got listeners' questions. We're done with the news. So if you have a question, we we didn't have any going into this. Um, if you have a question, let us know right now in the stream. And if you uh, want to let us know for the future, if you want us to get a question on next week, just email us at lewis at dualshockers.com. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get shopcast at dualshockers.com going. But we're still working on that. We're only three episodes. And give us time, people. Um, so first comment we have from Stacy Tentos. Sorry about your Tentos. Uh, how long have you been doing the stream? So we've been doing, I don't know if that's a question for today or overall, but we've been doing this for three weeks and yeah, uh, we've been doing this for three weeks and we've been doing this one specifically for 30 minutes. Um, Al says, why are your Twitter handles backwards? That's because I'm really bad. I'm really bad at OBS. I've taken over Al. Don't let him fool you. (laughs) I'll be everywhere. (laughs) You can't stop me. Right. Um, but yeah, so meanwhile, we'll let the questions go in. We'll start talking topic of the show. Topic of the show is PAX East 2016. We didn't get to talk about it last week, uh, and now it's two weeks old. But Ryan has some acute knowledge into this and into a bunch of games that I think, uh, Dual Shockers is one of the few sites to give a ton of coverage to. Um, so... Let's talk hands-on previews from PAX East. We, we've been doing a bunch of these. I still don't even think you're done with all of them. But what was your favorite game, Ryan? Um, so for me, I, so I guess just to briefly, uh, for those that don't know, uh, so I went to PAX East two weeks ago, which is uh, the Penny Arcade Expo East uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, it's been going for seven years now, of which I've been to every single one. So PAX East is kind of close to me. Like I, I, that was like my first gaming convention. So um, you know, I pretty much I, I'll be really sad when I miss a PAX East because I love PAX East. Right. Um, so basically, um, you know, gaming convention. There's there's tons of different games there. Um, this was probably the busiest PAX East I've ever been to. Uh, you know, because on the you know there were uh, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo were all there, which has never happened before. So that's really cool that you know, because generally PAX East is a smaller show. It's definitely not on the scale of like E3 or something like that. Um, yeah. But since it is an all gaming convention, there's still a ton of stuff there to explore. Um, and also not just video games, but also. Uh, tabletop, uh, card games, like pretty much anything with the word game in it, you you will find there. Um, so I basically got to play um, about, I tried about like 10 games or so that I had appointments for, and then I also just kind of went around and, and explored and got to check out some things. Um, so probably my favorite things were uh, Outlast 2 and Pyre. Um, so for mm-hmm. those that don't know, Outlast 2 is a sequel to the horror game Outlast. Um I think Outlast 2 was my favorite because I, I love the first game, but also because Outlast 2 had a really cool booth. Um, so basically it was this little mini like church that you went into 
and the booths that you played in were confessional booths because uh, the game basically has this sort of like religious theme where it's uh, about this cult that you're kind of investigating and there's all these kind of supernatural elements um, so you go into this confessional booth uh, pretty much in the perfect state that you want to play a horror game with the lights out uh, it was like all dark and you had headphones on and it was funny because as I was playing, I could actually hear people in the other booths occasionally scream or shout obscenities, which was terrifying <laughs> but great. So as I was playing, I would just all of a sudden hear someone be like, oh, shit, and like, holy crap. And it was it was really funny. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, so the game was really uh, – it was very scary. Uh, it was very fun to get to check out. Um, not too much different from the first game in terms of the mechanics and the controls and stuff. So if you played the first game, you'll kind of know what to expect. Uh, but in terms of the scares, like – it was uh, it was only a fifteen or like twenty minute demo around there, but it, I felt like I definitely got a good sense of what you're going to play in the game, especially because there's like uh, toward the end of the demo, you basically go into this cornfield where you get chased by these guys and they have flashlights. And mm -hmm. I see Chris shaking his head. He's like, nope, nope not doing it. It's like, yeah, basically it's it's crazy because there was a part where it's like I saw the guys with the flashlights coming towards me and there happened to be a barrel nearby. So you basically, I had to jump into the barrel and you can look out the holes of the barrel, the barrel and so you're like trying to like peek around and not get like killed by one of them. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of the game. It, it looks awesome, and uh, it should be coming out at the end of the year. Right. Um, so the other one uh, that was my favorite was Pyre, which is the new game from Supergiant Games, uh, the developers that made uh, Bastion and Transistor, which I both love. They're both great games. Um, so Pyre is interesting because it's like if you played Bastion or Transistor, this is very different. Um, you know, it kind of looks similar that it's a sort of over, um, isometric, like you control characters on a, a big playing field type thing. But this was almost like a RPG sports game, which was really weird when I first started playing it. But it was once I kind of got the hang of it, it was very interesting. It's basically kind of um, you play as these band, this band of uh, exiled sorcerers, and you go around and you commit these. Uh, you basically go into these things called rites, where you're facing another uh, team of sorcerers, and you basically get this like glowing orb in the middle that you're trying to like dunk into the uh, person's pyres or the other team's pyres. So you kind of have to switch around, and um, you have to you get three different characters that each are kind of differently. Um, you know, different abilities. So one is kind of small and fast. The other is more of like a all-purpose, like kind of mid-range guy. And then another guy who's your kind of tank, who's very powerful, but he's very slow. So the goal of the game is basically you're trying to move these characters around on the board and throw the ball to them and kind of position them so that way you can uh, take out the enemy's pyre. So it's almost as if it's like you took Hearthstone, Rocket League, and you made it into like an RPG type thing is kind of the it's it's hard to describe, but if you kind of look at gameplay videos and trailers for the game, you can kind of see what it's 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 very cool. It's very different now, from what they've done. My question is: Is there like you know you're describing it almost like a sport? Is there uh, like story? You know, or is it just there is yeah okay yeah there is very much um, the other kind of component to it um, is that. It uh, it has, in between the rights, there's kind of almost, like, if you play Banner Saga, you'll be very familiar with this, where there's kind of this wagon that moves between different areas, and kind of in those sections, you kind of get the story and the character development parts, um, or Oregon Trail. It's very similar to that type of feeling, where it's like, in between the, um, the rights, you get to um, sort of, um, you know... Uh, learn more about your characters and, and do all that. Right. In the comments, we have, uh, Taz said, Rocket Hearth League. Uh, it's basically, it's like, that's like the closest I could think of to it. Is, <laughs> that's yeah. that's amazing. Audre also in the comments says that's amazing. I think that's amazing. That's like literally every game I like. Um, yeah. 
that's like the closest comparison I can come up to it, but it's very cool and unique. Yeah. Um, okay, so what else? I mean, those were, of course, big games. Those are, If we're talking Super Giant, we're talking Outlast, those are games yeah. everyone's heard of. What are more ones that might be in the weeds? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just really quickly, I guess before I go into that, I'll talk really quick about uh, Lawbreakers because that's okay. also kind of oh, one of the, the big, big ones too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Lawbreakers, if you don't know, is um, coming from uh, Boss Key Productions, which is headed by Cliff Blazinski, the creator of Gears of War. Um, so I got to play some Lawbreakers, and uh, it was cool. It's a very sort of fast-paced, um, you know, like sort of more of a twitchy, uh, like almost like a classic PC era, like a classic PC era multiplayer game. Um, where basically you have different characters that have uh, like a team-based sort of uh, shooter where you get to play different classes of characters that each have a different ability. Um, so, for example, and uh, the kind of hook of it is that it has these abilities where um, there are like low-gravity areas in the map where you can kind of uh, bend gravity and move in different ways. Um, so it was cool. It was definitely, it was, uh, it was fun to check out. Uh, I did surprisingly well. Like, I was expecting to get my ass handed to me, uh, but I actually did very well in my match that I played. Uh, so I had a good right. time. But, um, yeah, so it's like there's definitely, um, you know, kind of like what we're seeing with, I guess we'll talk about a little bit later with, like, Battleborn and Overwatch and that type of thing, where it's very much about kind of uh, picking a character or a class and then kind of, uh, you know, kind of mastering it and what each of them can do. So, for example, the character I kind of clung on to was the Assassin, who's more of, like, a close-ranged character. She actually doesn't... She has, like... She doesn't start out with a gun. She gets these two knives that she could use. Um, but she also has these other abilities she can use, like... Uh, she has, like, kind of a grappling hook type, type thing, which was awesome. That I could, like, grapple onto a wall and basically sling her Spider-Man style, like, onto walls. Mm. And so I would kind of have to learn to manipulate the environment and be like, okay... Most of the time, if I ran toward a, a person, I would just get shot and die really easily. But right. if I use the grappling hook to kind of latch onto a wall, I could, like, zip behind someone. And then uh, she has this frenzy attack where basically she could just, like, slash and do this. And um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was my experience with Lawbreakers, just as a brief, um, brief thing. It's very cool. I believe that's going to be coming later this year in some form. I believe there's, like, a beta coming this summer. Um uh, PAX East is kind of known for having a lot of smaller uh, indie games, so I did get to check out a bunch of them. Uh, I'll just kind of go through these quickly. I played uh, Night in the Woods, which is coming from uh, Studio Infinite Fall, and um, if you haven't seen that, it's a uh, kind of cool uh, exploration-based adventure game. Uh, my preview of it actually just went up today, so you can go read about that. Okay. Um, the coolest thing is it's got this awesome art style where it's, I, I kind of describe it almost as like a graphic novel, like an indie graphic novel come to life. Um, it's mm-hmm. got a very, and seeing it in motion especially is really cool because it's very, it has a lot of really cool animation and, and detail in it. Um, I also got to play another one called Thimbleweed Park, which is uh, from Ron Gilbert, the creator of uh, Monkey Island. So for those of you that played a lot of classic adventure games, you'll definitely feel at home with this one. Um, and it's cool. It uh, it the when you look at it, it looks almost like Twin Peaks or X Files, the game, because it kind of it uh, has a lot of that inspiration from it. Um, so that was another cool one I got to check out. Um, and then a couple other smaller things I got to try out. Uh, Divinity: Original Sin Two, uh, which is like kind of a cooperative um, RPG game where you get to do. Uh, so I got to do some competitive uh, multiplayer in that, where basically it was. Uh, you get to move your characters around in almost like a strategy RPG type style. So I got to play against the developer who uh, handed my ass to me. I got beaten pretty easily in that in that demo. That just seems unfair, uh, though. 
developer yeah, matchup. Yeah, it was, it was literally just funny because literally my first turn, I made a misstep, and he's like, oh, well, now this will happen. And he just, like, lit my character on fire. And I was just <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, well. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, we can go, I guess go on if you guys have any other questions about uh, stuff I played at PAX. I got a question. Um, yeah. Did we talk? I'm, I don't know if I just missed it. Did we talk? We happy few. That's one that really stands out for me. Uh, not yet. No. So I actually um, uh, I played that game. Uh, so we happy few. If those don't know, it's coming from the studio called Compulsion Games. Uh, they also made the game Contrast a couple years ago. It was a PS3 launch or PS4 launch title. And um, so we happy few is a survival game. Uh, so I guess kind of in the vein of something like Rust or Daisy or um, something along those lines. Um, but it takes place in this dystopian 1960s sort of London uh, area. It's called uh, Wellington Wells. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of it is that you're uh, this person that's trying to uh, escape Wellington Wells and they have these sort of uh, weird, crazy citizens that are basically watching you all the time. And so it's a really interesting uh, idea because you kind of have to balance conforming and not basically not pissing off the citizens, so not stealing from them and stuff like that. But at the same time, you have to steal from them because you have to get food, you have to get water, you have to get weapons, supplies uh, that basically are very difficult to come by without either stealing from them or having to find ways to sneak around. Um, so it's interesting. It, it, uh, I, when I first saw I played the game last year for the first time at PAX when it was announced. So I got to play it this year. And so I think it was interesting kind of seeing the game, how it developed over a year. Um, since I first played it, and especially because there's definitely so much more they added, I feel like, since I last played it, where there there is definitely, uh, um, you know, it's got those survival aspects, so you're going to be crafting, uh, you know, gathering supplies and resources and all that. Um, but there is also a lot of story stuff I'm seeing. Like, I did, without giving too much away, like, there are definitely characters you come across where you'll have to, like, complete I- uh, quests and get items for. And, and so there is going to be, I think, a, a loose narrative behind it, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Right, um, but I really like it, and the style especially is really cool because it's just such a weird, like, cool, uh, you know, area to explore. Very, right. very Bioshock. If you've ever, you know, like it, it does have that kind of feel where it's like this whole society that's kind of watching you at every turn. Yeah, I, from what it looked like, it always looked like a mix of maybe Bioshock uh, meets Clockwork Orange. Maybe I, I don't know. It's very yeah. strange looking uh, in a great way. It is, yeah. Yeah. In a great way, yeah, for sure. When I talked to the developers last year, they totally mentioned, like, Clockwork Orange, Brave New World, 1984. Like, those were all their kind of inspirations for the game, which was, right. you know, definitely got my interest. Okay. So, of them all, what do you think was your favorite? Um, I'd probably still say Outlast 2 and Pyre um, were definitely the ones that I that I enjoyed the most. Um, but everything I played, I, I really had no complaints against. Like, they were all very different. Because um, I guess some of the other things, like, I, I'll just really quickly, I, I played, like, The Culling. I played um, uh, Let It Die, which I also did got to do an interview with Suda51, which was awesome. He was as awesome as I was expecting him to be. Um, right. Yeah, but I guess, you know, I got to play a little bit of everything, like some some indie stuff, uh, horror games, RPGs, uh, you know, survival games. So I definitely got a nice variety. And, uh, like, even though I, I probably played, like, a ton of games, like, there's still way more that I didn't even get to try out because there's just so much there. Right. Okay, so we're going to move on from PAX East. We've been doing a yeah. lot of PAX talk. Um, now... Those who follow the news regularly follow Dual Shockers and our news coverage regularly. You know that we've missed a big thing in our news, um, and that's Call of Duty. Uh, there was huge, huge leaks and huge news this week. Uh, 
Ryan, I, I know you've just been talking for a lot, but can you tell us exactly <laughs> uh, what, what's been happening? Um, so there is uh, this small game that some might not know. Uh, it's called Call of Duty. Um, you know, small indie game, you know. Um, but basically uh, what happened was uh, we, we officially got the reveal of Call of Duty Infinite Warfare this week. Um, but for about a week or so, we had already known about it because there were a series of leaks that sort of happened. Uh, we're basically a PlayStation Store. They had revealed the name of the game as Infinite Warfare. Um, and then also on... Um, on, I believe it was Reddit uh, that posted like a, uh, one of those like target reservation cards that showed the key artwork for the game, uh, but also revealed a surprise, which was uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered. Um, mm-hmm. So then Activision, they officially revealed the game this week, um, but they've also revealed that the Modern Warfare Remaster will only come with uh, the sort of like the premium editions of the game, so you won't be able to buy it standalone at first. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling they'll probably release it after a little while, like standalone. But, I, but for launch initially, you'll only be able to buy it with a, a premium edition of the game. How do you feel about that? Um, I think that the you know the the game itself looks okay. Um, I've, I'm kind of out of touch with Call of Duty um, yeah. for the last couple of years, so I think that's more my thing. Is just that I've you know I just I haven't really played any of the games since Black Ops Two, so I've kind of fallen a little bit out of Call of Duty. Um, I feel like the general consensus is people are more excited for the Modern Warfare Remastered than they are for Infinite Warfare, which is, you know, which is kind of why I feel that they, um, they packed that in is because they kind of want to help pad the sales of Infinite Warfare a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because I think they know that people are starting to lose interest in the series. So, you know, they're going to bundle the new game with this remaster of Modern Warfare. So right. we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah. What about you, Chris? You're, you're the competitive shooter, I think, among us in video games, not uh, just you going out and shooting things. Um, <laughs> but do you care about – are you a Call of Duty person? I am not a COD person. I, I fell out of love with COD after Modern Warfare 2, which was an amazing game. But then Battlefield kind of just became better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And as as far as like what Ryan was saying, I I agree. I think I think the series at this point is kind of I I think it's kind of lost touch with what made Call of Duty Call of Duty, wow. um, and I think that's why they're bundling it in with one of the premium editions because like hey, let's get more money out of this game while we can, and they're pro- they're definitely going to release it standalone. They wouldn't you know they wouldn't just do it to bundle it in there, and they'll probably price it higher than what they're pricing it with as like a bundle. Right. Price, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because you can only. You, I think in order to get it, you'd have to. You have to get like the digital. The um, like one of the deluxe editions, which is I think eighty dollars. So you know, you're already asking for at least eighty dollars just to get access to um, the Modern Warfare Remaster. Now, do you yeah. think that's gonna stay? Do you think, or do you think they're gonna eventually just be like, oh, okay, you could buy it alone for thirty or forty? I, I think yeah, easily. I think a couple months afterward, they're definitely gonna release it standalone. I think they're just gonna wait a little bit, like wait a couple months after Infinite Warfare comes out. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so the reason we're talking about this now and not in the news section, of course, is because there were leaks, and we spoke about this last week. We talked about the PlayStation Network having a, a bit of a leak itself where they missed, uh, they messed up with an advertisement or something, and it showed it, and then later on it came out in a Target like place card, I think, that uh, this Infinite Warfare was coming out. And, yeah, leaks are just kind of a huge thing for the video game industry. Of course, at DualShock, because we bring you all the best leaks. 
early. That's my plug right there. But we do <laughs> we do talk a ton of leaks, and it's kind of just this cornerstone of the video game news industry. Um, and it seems like it's happening more lately, possibly. And mm-hmm. you had a conspiracy theory about this, Chris, that you mentioned last episode. I think it's time to bring it up again. Yes, so uh, everyone put on their tinfoil hats and spam the Illuminati in the chat for us, please. <laughs> um, so I think it's honestly all controlled leaks at this point. I think they really want to hype up their sales and get people like super pumped. So it's like all of a sudden, like, oh, look, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare showed up on the PSN marketplace for like three hours and then mysteriously disappeared. So <laughs> it's it's definitely... Definitely a controlled timed leak. Right. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to be said about that. I, I think you can tell at times when leaks are true leaks. Um, but I, I do think at this point now it's more there are there is a marketing strategy behind it because very clearly they dominated uh, they were able to dominate the news. Mm-hmm. So um Let's see. What else do we have? How do leaks uh, leaks affect the surprise? We cover all the leaks, of course. Do you guys, if if you're interested um, in a game, do you look at this leaked content or do you just ignore it? It depends, honestly. It depends how I feel on the game. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think the perfect example is uh, in the true nerdiest of ways. When Pokemon X and Y was announced and Nintendo, up until, like, Two days before the game's actual release did a great job at keeping, like, a control on the news flow. I had no idea about, like, the new Pokemon. So, for me, it was the first time since, like, Gold and Silver I could go into a Pokemon game without the internet pretty much spoiling everything for me. Right. So... I, I stuck with it. I did not look at any of the new forms that came out. I picked my starter based on its ugly second stage. So it, yeah. it's like, it to me, it kind of, it, it gave this nice, refreshing feeling, you know? Like the mm-hmm. first time I saw Hawlucha, I freaked out like I was, like I was a five-year-old. Right. Um, but there are certain games that like, uh, like Destiny, I followed closer than anything to try and figure out as much as I could. You know? Yeah. And I got into the game super excited and felt almost like a mild expert at the time. So I think it just depends on the game. Right. To how I approach the leak. Makes sense. How about you, Ryan? I I think I'd agree, yeah. Like I think for me the easy example is something like Fallout Four, where um, you know, I was I was kind of surprised that for the most part like leaks were pretty you know kept to a minimum i feel like for fallout 4 up until the the surprise announcement like there have been t- like right. people knew it was going to happen and all that but there wasn't anything specific other than like it was going to be set in boston right. um you know but i think from i i it's hard for me to say because i think most things i try not to like watch a lot of trailers i try because i think especially in the internet age it's like before you even see a movie or play a game or do anything like that you pretty much know all about it because there are just so many trailers and tv spots and leaks and all that um you know so but uh you know i think it's just a given that because of the age we live in where social media and everything dominates so much that like everything leaks like it's pretty much anytime there's like especially with we just saw with final fantasy last month where you know the the release date for that got leaked early because you know because of course like pretty much right 
Yeah. And I mean, there's there's ton of legitimate places and news sources that we get leaks from. Like, leaks can be almost anything, but we find um, exophase listings, for instance. Exophase, for those who don't mm. know, are, is a um, website that just kind of aggregates automatically uh, all the trophies. So every once in a while, you'll find trophies pop up, even for games that aren't announced. Um and that's happened quite often. We find trademark listings, uh, and there's really nothing that can be done about that because these studios need to, of course, trademark their games. Um, mm-hmm. And we find IMDb or LinkedIn listings of you know people's employment status. Um, so there, there's really no way to avoid it, I think. Um, but whenever I'm super interested in a game, like for Uncharted... I haven't been looking at stuff, and damn it, now I cannot look in the chat for the next like two minutes. I just <laughs> mentioned Uncharted, and I know that there's information about who, uh, what may or may not happen. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's leaks. Um, what is the biggest leak that you can remember in recent history? The biggest leak. Um, I think uh, for me, my most memorable is actually uh, Dishonored Two last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if people know. I think uh, I think it was like it was something with Bethesda. They were doing some kind of pre E three stream or something, and they had two of the guys from Arcane Studios were just casually talking in the background, but didn't realize that a microphone was on, like you know, <laughs> streaming to the Twitch stream. So yeah. literally, they were like, blah 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 blah, Dishonored Two, blah 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 blah. And they actually had someone went on and said. Hey, hey guys, there's a microphone that's on. And they're like, no, 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 it's not. And he's like, I'm serious. And so that was like, <laughs> that was just like, that was probably the funniest one I could think of was the right. whole Dishonored 2 thing. Because uh, I think even Bethesda afterward, they tweeted after that stream because they knew people heard about it. And they were like, oh, well, stay tuned to E3 for the real thing or something along those oh lines. So that's, that's the one I could think of that yeah. was like most memorable. Uh, I would say it's not really the biggest leak, but the most memorable like thing for me was I'll never forget. I think it was Pokemon Black and White when it came out. Um, Nintendo got really mad at the website Cerebi.net and like removed every picture they had of the game and sent them a cease and desist letter. Holy shit! Yeah, they were they were not happy. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dalo Dalo Lance Arlan Dalo. Um, says, I think the biggest <laughs> leak for me was Bloodborne getting leaked uh, as Project Beast. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that stuff, and that was great. Was yeah, I it seems it seems like it was like eight years ago that right. it was like, that, that was shown as Project so Beast. Long yeah. Ago. Um, yeah, the one that that I remembered the most uh, was the Fallout Four ones, uh, maybe because mm. it's so recent, oh. but also how funny it was that it happened in the way it did not just speaking about the um the script being kind of leaked uh mm-hmm. which we all found out later on was absolutely correct and all of the most of the stuff still stayed in there but yeah. i i thought that it was super funny when they found out that people from bethesda were surveying the land like they were going around <laughs> measuring buildings and stuff yeah yeah but that i thought that was really interesting uh, well, I think I remember too with Fallout that there was a rumor for a while that the game was going to be called Fallout uh, Shadow of Boston. I was like, please don't let it be like that. That's such a terrible title. So I was yeah. just like, <laughs> I, and then I when they just called it Fallout Four, I was like, okay, good. Just like, don't give it a stupid title like that. Right. I, I remember when there was all those like fake sites going up with countdowns for the new Fallout game. Oh my god! Yeah, there, there's the biggest a ton of them. teases in the world. Ugh. 
some of them were actually really well made too, like you know ARGs and stuff that were long, and people were sol- solving puzzles and getting like ominous emails. Um, yeah, and yeah, most of them turned out to be nothing. All right, so yeah, we had a great listener question. This one comes from uh, Mick Dot N says, if they release a Bioshock remaster collection for PS4 and Xbox One, would you guys play it? I mean, it seems like that's going to happen, because there have been plenty of leaks, speaking of which, that have suggested that there's a Bioshock remaster collection. Um, I love the Bioshock games, uh, especially 1 and Infinite. Um, 2, I'm I'm okay on. It's not the best one. But um, I don't know. It's hard, because I own all the games on PC, so I feel like if I had that itch, I would probably just go back and replay them there. So... But I think if I only had a PS4 and Xbox One, I'd probably say yes, because um, uh, the original Bioshock was actually one of the first uh, 360 games that I bought. And so that, you know, I think especially that game has like a really, um, I have a big attachment to, because that was really the first game I felt like I was like, holy crap, I'm in the next generation. And, you know, especially because it's just like easily like up there with like some of my favorite games. So probably yes. Right. Um... So I'm about to um, make the chat very mad. So oh, no. Bioshock, <laughs> Bioshock was the first game I ever played where I ever got the sensation. I don't understand why. I was playing it, and as I'm playing it, I'm like, man, this is a really good game. This is a really well-made game, but I'm not having fun. Fired. <laughs> I just kind of stopped playing it. Fired. Right now. <laughs> so I, I think it's three or four to one on each of us. But So you're not interested. Is this all of them, or is it the first one, or is it... Uh, the last one? Which one? It was the first Bioshock, like the best one out of the series by oh, almost easily. everyone. Yeah, yeah. I I just couldn't get into it, man. I don't know what it was. Like I said, it was it was a great game. I was playing it. And I was like, man, this is really cool. I still like it. Right. Yeah, that is um, that's my favorite game ever that you're talking about. You're I welcome. Think, literally. <laughs> uh, so yeah, of course I would play it. Uh, I might only play the first one because I'm. I, I liked uh, Bioshock Infinite, but it wasn't as much for me. I, I don't think it was nearly as good. And I think a lot of the plot points toward the end, I'm not going to go into spoilers for Infinite. If you haven't played it, it's been years. So I don't know why I'm even doing this. But if you go into uh, <laughs> Bioshock Infinite and you get to the ending, I, I think that does actually spoil, uh, ruin some of the, of the fun or the mystique or the story of the original Bioshock. Um, but I, would... I think that, yeah, I like, I don't like, I guess I didn't really know that was going to happen in Infinite, I guess, again, without spoilers. So and I don't know if you could really um, like I do feel like in order to appreciate Infinite, you kind of have to play the first one. Yeah, I, uh, I would like to point out that uh, Randy 619 in the chat is with me. And <laughs> there's another not Bioshock lover out there. So I'm not alone. No, so, uh, I love you, Randy. I, I love Randy. I don't love you. You can get out of this. Um, <laughs> All right, one more question from Randy, actually. When are you guys expecting the new Elder Scrolls? With Fallout just out, what do you guys think? How long until I, you see it? I jokingly said 2025, um, but I because Bethesda. Um, I don't think it'll be that long. I feel like maybe in another year or two we might hear about it like we'll get we'll get we'll get the trailer that's literally the logo with you know like epic music behind it and then so we'll honored they like you know now that's kind of become a franchise but you know maybe right. i i would like to see i think a new uh, a new ip come from them too right and while while they've been raking it in like crazy for fallout i think that the engine uh, they, they do have a new engine i i yeah. love i love the elder scrolls game so i just i really want it 
I think uh, Bethesda needs a new temple game. I, I think we might actually be waiting a little longer on this. It does. It does feel like they need a uh, they need a new IP. I think coming in. Although I mean, Dishonored. They like you know now that's kind of become a franchise. But you know maybe right. I I would like to see I think a new uh, a new IP come from them too. Right. And while while they've been raking it in like crazy for Fallout, I think that the engine. Uh, they, they do have a new engine, but I think the engine and the style and the format of those games are showing their age. Um, and I For think sure, they, yeah. they need to go in and do some really heavy reconsidering about UI and quality of life improvements to any of their major franchises. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm feeling. That's what I think. I think that 2025... Uh, is definitely off, but I I, I I don't think by too much. I think that that we might be seeing it around, um, yeah, like twenty twenty two, twenty twenty. All right, uh, we're gonna end the questions there. Of course, if you have more questions and there's something really great, uh, let us know. If you are listening to this by MP three or podcast, you can email us new questions at lewis at dualshockers dot com. And we will make sure to answer them. Now, we're going into a new section, and this is going to be right before 8-Bit Idiot. Um, it's going to be a review roundup. We go into the games that we're playing, but we don't really have a section for games that we just completed. And DualShockers does push a ton of reviews uh, just about every day for the most part. And I know that because I have to edit every single one of them. <laughs> but uh, So we're going to talk about... A game that we just played for and hopefully get questions from the community if not we'll just talk about it but uh, a game I just played was corpse party for PC and part of the reason I'm bringing this up of course if you notice the title header uh, if and you're here on Twitch we do have corpse party uh, codes to give away we have three of them actually thanks to the very generous people over at Nipponichi Software America um, but corpse party is a uh, 8-bit style visual novel. It was probably one of the first on the scene uh, that at least uh, people, you know, people in the West can recognize. But it was mm. around from the from 1996 or 1998, remastered in 2008 for the PSP, and uh, now re-released the original 2008 version for PC and eventually on Nintendo 3DS. And this is a fucked mm. up game. I, I, in like a great way I ended up giving it a, a good score it got a 7.5, very good It's and the reason it's only a 7.5 is if, if you're talking about games um, visual novel 8-bit horror games with anime girls speaking in Japan the entire time is really as niche as it gets um, so yeah it was, it was definitely weird but like I didn't know an 8-bit game could really... Or 16-bit, more likely. But 16-bit game could really scare the shit out of me that much. And it's because of the really compelling storyline behind it, if I'm being honest. Like, really one of the best well-written horror stories. Uh, mm -hmm. Going over it really, really quickly, it's about a group of friends who mess up this charm. They're trying to stay friends forever, and they end up uh, warping to this, like demolished school where everyone had committed suicide not everyone a fair amount of people had died um and they're looking for a way out and yeah you, you follow them and there's like sounds eight... uh super uplifting and fun 
Yeah, <laughs> it's not. But it, you know, if you're just looking for a thrill or even for just a good story, that's that's really what this game has. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I haven't looked at the comments um, over here. But Dallas, Dallas uh, says, yeah, Corpse Party is quite a horror game. I played it on the PSP. I don't know if this version is better than the PSP version. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say they're not sure because you could go and play it on the Vita, I'm sure. What I'm confused about yeah. is how this is coming out on the 3DS. Because, like, <laughs> we're talking about, like, you know, people eating eyeballs and getting decapitated and uh, drowning in a pool. Like... Re like brutal stuff all of course very pixelated and not really showing it but mm. um not something i would ever think is on a nintendo platform i think it's because it's like uh like a 16-bit game like someone at nintendo probably was like really busy that day someone was like oh is this game good showed a couple of screenshots they like glanced at it like eh, whatever <laughs> that's yeah. how corpse party got greenlit no, I, I guess. Yeah, I'm just su I'm surprised that. given that like Binding of Isaac, they had problems like trying to get that to 3ds. So yeah, Binding I feel of like Isaac that's kind isn't of in that a, bad. In a similar boat, like right. Yeah, like this is. I mean, this is just gory beyond all control at times. And of course, it's 16 bit, so it's a lot of visualizing it in your head. They don't have. I think the PSP had. Um, like pictures basically whenever there was a death you would kind of see it that's not in either of these versions but it doesn't take out the horror element anyway uh i've been talking about if you have any questions of course the reviews over at dualshockers.com and you can go in the comments and i answer every question in the comments um but let's give a few away can you do the giveaway thing uh i can do the giveaway thing yeah um, I, I don't know how to do it i, I know it's really simple Oh, yeah. Makes me feel really bad. Ryan, have you completed any game recently that you want to talk about? <laughs> so uh, apparently not... Ryan wins Corpse Party. Ryan wins Corpse what? Party. Oh, it was like... <laughs> I guess so. Um, no, but uh, I haven't really gotten a chance to play much lately just because PAX kind of kept me busy and, and uh, work, especially lately. Um, but I've been chipping away a little bit at uh, Final Fantasy X HD on Vita is kind of what I've been working on right now. Um, and then I also, oh, actually, no, I, sorry, I did finish a game. I finished um, Metro Last Light Redo over the weekend because uh, oh, okay. I've been wanting to play those. Yeah, so and I uh, really enjoyed Redux? it. Redo, I think is how you pronounce <laughs> it. I'm pretty sure. Um, I finished that. I've also been chipping away at uh, Dark Souls, the original one. So I, I, uh, I, yeah, I haven't had much time to play stuff lately, but that's what I'm working on, yeah. Right. All right, so we rolled it twice. One winner is Audge Dre. The second winner is uh, Dalo. Uh, the third winner is... <laughs> we'll get there. Of, is Randy. Randy. Okay, that's after uh, after Chris chose himself again, which he always does, by the way. I, I don't think it's random anymore. <laughs> it's secretly rigged, but I'm not allowed to win it. I just want you all to know that I would have. Right. So, Randy, you're the only one who I don't know on Twitter. So make sure to whisper us, one of us, uh, your email address via Twitch, not centrally in uh, our so, ear right here. But yeah, whisper us, and we'll make sure to give you guys the code right after Dalo is letting us re-roll it because he does no longer has a computer. Oh, how the hell are you watching this? McDotton. <laughs> McDotton has Congrats. It. Congrats, <laughs> McDotton. You are the third winner. Um, all right, so our last huge segment... 8-Bit Idiot, this one's going to be kind of, uh, I, I think 
no one's gonna have a good thing to say about this one but 8-bit idiot is the small segment we do where of course if you are a person and everyone's a person uh you're gonna have a bad day everyone has a bad day uh in this game in the gaming industry a lot of people have bad days often make really bad moves really bad pr moves and this is a way for us to highlight it very briefly and then touch on the subject in a bit of a larger context um and really i wasn't expecting to do this segment every week it, we've just been very fortuitous fortuitous with people having really awful moves but this one is from the chinese room the chinese room are the developers between uh behind dear esther and behind yeah so they made dear esther oh everybody's gone to the rapture of course um mm. and over the weekend uh GameSpot put out an article uh cyber 2077 is more ambitious than the witcher on every single uh, front and then put out a promotional image of the girl uh doing mocap and the chinese room responded i retweeted and responded saying but just as sexist if that image is anything to go by um yeah and i it has a few likes of course but like really no one was happy about this move mm -hmm. do, do you uh, either of you guys played the witcher uh, I haven't started playing Witcher 3 yet. I'm trying to go through the first game and work my way to it. Um, but I'm familiar enough, at least, to know of the series that it is... Uh, there is quite a lot of nudity and sex. And, um, you know, uh, so, yeah, there's plenty of it in there. All right, so there's nudity uh, and sex, but my question is, does that really make the game sexist? No, I've played enough of The Witcher 3 to know that that is totally wrong <laughs> right um and i and mind you it's not like i've played like so much of the witcher but like none no female character in there falls into like a set archetype right there's there's nothing sexist really in it you know it's 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 just a dumb comment <laughs> yeah right absolutely um randy in the comments says witcher is a fucking amazing game i i imagine that's fucking that's all uh, out because we're P we are a PJ PJ PG podcast, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I've played a decent amount of it, and by decent, I mean for a normal game, not for the Witcher time. Witcher time, that's a good time would probably be about like two hundred hours. But I've played a decent amount of it, and every female that I've come across has been a very strong character. Um, at least you know all the all the main characters. And for the nudity that I find in the game, there's also nudity on the male part, which is, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I always felt everything was very balanced. There are definitely games, like if we're talking Duke Nukem or something, uh, that's the only one that's jumping out in my head. There, There's definitely tones of sexism in some games where that's the point, but I, I think that this was them just throwing a rock at a Goliath. I think that they, they really have to consider uh, the moves they make. But th this, was a very, this was a very poor tweet, and I think a lot of people got upset by it, including me. All right, so we're going to wrap up. What have you guys been playing lately? Let's do bullet points here. Uh, Chris. So I have been playing Battleborn almost nonstop since its release, and I'm going to be playing it after this again. Right. How about you, uh, Ryan? Um, I'm probably going to try to chip away again at, uh, at, you know, keep going a little bit more into um, Final Fantasy X HD right. um, so I can get through that. 
Um, the only other thing I am planning on playing is I do really want to play um, the Overwatch beta this weekend, so I'll probably jump into that. Uh, I might choice. try and stream. I might try and stream some of that maybe over the weekend, so we'll <laughs> see how that goes. But I uh, I really want to jump in and, and try that game out. Right. All right. So lately, I've been I just finished Corpse Party, so we talked about that. But I've been playing Rocket League because you always got to play Rocket League, and my roommates just got into it, so we're redoing it again. Um, I picked up 999 for the Nintendo DS, and that has all felt very good. Uh, I'm starting King's Quest, the new reboot version of it, and I just played through Chapter 1 and 3, and I'm reviewing it soon. And I mentioned it last week, I mentioned it the week before that, and I'm just really plotting and struggling through Langrisere Reincarnation Dash Tensei Dash, and the game is as awful as the name. Uh, don't be too surprised if you see. Uh, one of the very rare, like, two out of tens on Dual Shockers, but the game is one that really affords it. Um, mm -hmm. All right, so for upcoming games, uh, over the next week, uh, May 5th, we've got Pocket Card Jockey coming on 3DS. That's the weird card jockey game from the makers of the po from Game Freak, the Pokemon people. Uh, on May 7th, we have Dex coming out on PlayStation 4. And on May 10th, we... I don't think that's right with Super Dungeon Bros. I just have it. We have Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, so everyone's really getting out of the way for that. Uh, and Mega <laughs> yeah. Tag mentioned Blanc plus Neptune versus Zombies for PlayStation Vita. Uh, and Letter Quest Grimm's Journey Remastered for PlayStation 4. Are you playing anything on this list, either of you guys? I'm sure I'll be tempted by Uncharted. Are you all for caught sure. up in the story? Have you played it recently? I uh, it's been a little while, but I played all the games. So, right. Yeah, I'm the same as Ryan. I mean, I'm gonna be in Disney next week, but when I come back, the Uncharted <laughs> itch is gonna have to be scratched. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, Chris is gonna have to try real hard to avoid the internet uh, oh while you're on God, your trip yeah. to like, yeah. I mean, especially that's probably hard now because there were the whole things with uh, advanced copies kind of getting out in the wild before release. So there's that. Although I haven't seen any leaks yet. So. Oh, I've seen them. Yeah. No, the reason you don't see them is because I'm the one going in and clearing out the comment sections oh, for dual yeah, shoppers. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't. I haven't seen any yet, so I'm yeah, I'm staying well, out of there for a little while. <laughs> so Luke, you're being our Batman for Dual Shockers. I'm taking that bullet for Take you guys. Take it for the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the end of the show. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, you can find us at Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram at whatever the site is slash Dual Shockers. Just look us up. You're gonna find us. If you go on YouTube, you can find us at YouTube.com/slash DSTV Originals. Uh, to come watch, be part of the show, and chat along with us. And also, get in on some of these sweet giveaways, because this week it's Corpse Party. Who knows what it's going to be next week. Uh, join us every Wednesday at 8.30pm at twitch.tv slash DualShockersLive. And you get the added bonus next week of not having to deal with Chris, because he's over in fucking Disney World. Um, wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, last, and certainly not least... You can come find our round-the-clock uh, news coverage, reviews, features, editorials, all that fun stuff at DualShockers.com. We talked a lot, a lot about PAX East, and if you want some in-depth coverage of any of those games, if any of them really stood out to you, we have a ton of... You could go look in our hands-on preview section, and you could see all that. Um, so yeah, that's everything. Thanks again. Uh, so Ryan, where can they find you? Um, you can find me, 
somewhere. I'm sure you can find me somewhere. Twitter. No, I'm kidding. Uh, is yeah, Twitter. Uh, just my name. Uh, so uh, we fixed the names, right? It's just we my did. name we, now. We fixed okay, it. okay. Yeah, my name's down. It's down there, so you can follow me there. Okay. And Chris, you guys could find me on Twitter at Mr. Moxiemens, and uh, you guys should follow Dual Shockers Live because I've been live streaming on here recently, uh, playing a lot of Battleborn. So nice. you guys could watch me and my friends do really well. Please. All right. Well, you could go and kick his ass. Find him online, kick his ass while on stream so we could all make fun of him. We are uh, currently 23 and 1. I will take challengers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And last but not least, you can find me at Lou Contaldi and watch me complain about video games on uh, Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, that's everything. Thanks for joining, everyone. May the 4th be with you always. May the 4th be get with you ref- always. What? I, Always. I, I don't yeah. get the reference. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. So let's let's uh, go into our theme song thing.